on guard. Pray. Ale. Welcome to the Tokyo 2020 Fencing Podcast. It's episode 18, and this one is all about women's foil. I'm Karim, and joining me as always, Dave. How are you, Dave? I'm doing all right, Bash. A lot of fencing this weekend. There certainly was. We're going to focus on the uh, Katowice uh, World Cup, or certainly the outcome of it, uh, starting with the teams, as always. Uh, going into the event, Russia, Italy, USA and France held on to those top four provisional qualification spots, with the zonal spots going to Japan, Canada, Hungary and Egypt. The result, well, pretty predictable uh, in Katowice. Russia taking the gold from France, Italy with the bronze medal from the USA. So uh, it, it was... a. <sighs> It's not, there's not really much to talk about with the top four. Uh, they stay as the top four because they were top four in, in Poland. And they, uh, yeah, and they, um, I think they've, yes, they've probably been the top four in, uh, in women's foil for, for some time as well, not just for the Olympic season. That's, um, yeah, been the best four teams in the world for, for, for years, I think. Yeah, and uh, going into it, Russia, well, pretty much nailed on for automatic qualification. Italy, I would imagine, nailed on for qualification if they, if miracles had happened and they dropped out of the top four. I think they'd still pick up that zonal spot. USA still were mathematically catchable by Canada, but they're just so much of a better team. But but more on them a little bit later once we've got through all the team stuff. And, and France showing that they can beat uh, one of those top two teams, Russia and Italy, by taking second place. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I think uh, it's yeah, good to see now that France, um, you know, with that silver medal, um, are now mathematically qualified for the Olympics. So there we have it, our four nailed on. So let's go around the zones. Let's start with Asia. Japan went into the competition uh, as the top Asian qualifier, and they finished sixth in the tournament. So how are things looking for them? So, yeah, fantastic for Japan. Um, they cannot be caught by uh, Korea mathematically. So, so they're qualified, whatever happens. What's really interesting, though, is that they could mess up the table and sneak into the top four. And we're going to need some maths on this one. This is where the spreadsheets come out, Bash. <laughs> right, go on, then I'm listening. So let's assume the USA have a terrible day um, in, uh, in Kazan. Is that right, Bash? Kazan is the next World Cup, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if they finish second, if Japan finish second... Right, yeah. And the USA finish sixth or below, then Japan yeah. would sneak into the top four. Oh, dear. That's bad news for Canada, yeah. isn't it? If the USA finish fifth, Japan yeah. need to win. But if the USA make the... the uh, if the, If Japan win, the USA would need to finish second to maintain their top... Four position. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. So basically, uh, Canada are, again, another discipline where they're cheering on the USA. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and given that, you know, now Canada can't do anything, right? They can't catch the USA. They've got no rivals below them at all. Um, you know, what do you do? You just, just you know, close your eyes and hope it goes well. Pray. Now I don't I don't know whether it's possible, but could Canada face Japan earlier than the eight? I'm looking at their FIE rankings and they're fifth and sixth. And I think those are the seeds that swap each other. So I think that means they can't face each other. 
until the quarterfinals. No, I think until the final, because it's 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 swapped in pairs. Oh, and of course. Five it is. and six is a pair, which means that they would get swapped on either side of the tableau. So there's no chance. Assuming I've downloaded the correct FIE rankings, but I'm pretty sure I have. I don't think they can fence each other until the final, which would be very interesting. It's just amazing stuff because really then what you're looking at is one of Canada or Japan could face the USA before that final. And therefore, if it's Japan, they're going to be desperate to beat them, obviously. If it's Canada, it's going to be, they're going to have to do maths on the fly, aren't they? Is it, is it going to be worth them beating? Well, I, think, I suppose it's always going to be worth them beating Japan if the USA go through. I think yeah, there's there's a I think looking at the rankings, there's a fifty fifty chance the USA will have Japan in the eight, <laughs> and if Japan beat the USA, then Japan would have a semi final match to qualify for the Olympic Games. Amazing! Well, I mean that, that is a thriller, which could be against anybody, right? I mean, like, yeah, so a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Wow, amazing. That is, uh, so now that we're down to that last World Cup, you were saying this a little bit uh, off air, that we can actually start to look at scenarios. But once you start talking about scenarios, it starts to get crazy wild. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And I think, we're, yeah, on, um, on the Saturday, uh, Saturday evening of the, uh, of the Kazan uh, World Cup, we're going to be waiting on tenterhooks for that team draw because we'll be able to see uh, how it's going to play out. But it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, I think, you know, let's, let's, let's make it clear. I think the USA are a strong team. I think they'll do very well. I think Japan are not likely to win that last eight match, but th- th- there's even a chance. Makes it quite exciting. It does indeed. And I said we were going to mention USA later. Why not right now? Um, the third and fourth spots on, on the USA team, are, I think even before this competition were... Uh, open season, really. Uh, it wasn't necessarily nailed on who would get uh, either one of them or both of those spots. Uh, but that's opened up a little bit more. And I know you had a, a little bit of uh, a news during the week. Yeah, so one of our one of our followers, uh, Sheila Sibbett, thanks. Uh, Sheila gave us a heads up that um, yeah, Nzinga Prescott has had to uh, uh, retire from fencing and so close to the Olympic Games. Um, it sounds like she's got some uh, d- uh, degenerative uh, disease in her hip uh, that's been causing her pain for some time. Um, and I've, you know, it's all sort of come into the public sphere today. And I saw an article on the uh, Team USA um, page about it. It all seems quite traumatic, you know, having to use walkers and scooters just to get to the shops and things. So she's clearly been dealing with some stuff for some time. So that's. Um, I mean that's horrendous, and that happened, you know, so close uh, to the Olympics is, is, you know, arguably even worse. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see what the USA do with that team makeup. Hip replacement at the age of uh, just 27, 28 years old is uh, uh, frightening, and obviously our best wishes go out to her for uh, a full and speedy recovery. Um, but um, that uh, that that sort of opens up the the team spots for the USA even more, and like you say, strong team, but not necessarily nailed down yet. No, absolutely, yeah. It's um, and and I think you know USA clearly would be targeting you know Olympic medals, uh, sort of just be you know dealing with them in a really challenging situation, um, and especially I think she's you know quite a cornerstone figure in the team. I mean, Zinga Prescott's mm. been in 
USA women's foil for as long as I've been in the sport, whether that was cadets and juniors, and she's obviously a very successful junior fencer. Um, and, you know, came out of the Peter Westbrook Foundation in the US, which is, you know, just you know, really uplifting and the stories, you know, it's, you know, she's just a phenomenal role model. Um, so it'll be challenging for the team to get that um, back and back up and running again. But uh, hopefully she'll be there waving the flag with them. No, it's difficult, but I mean, sometimes these things serve as an inspiration to a team and, and guide them on. But uh, we'll come back more to the, the sort of who who could fill those gaps a little bit later on. But uh, what a fascinating story with uh, the the sort of tussle between uh, USA and Japan for that top sport top four spot, which could affect Canada. But uh, either way, Japan are going. So let's have a look at uh, the European zonal spot uh, going into the competition. Hungary. Uh, were holding it, and Hungary came seventh in the competition. Still looks like uh, they're strong favourites. Yeah, absolutely. And another another good result, and importantly, beating Poland in the last eight uh, match uh, was absolutely absolutely critical. Um, and you know, a good good win for Hungary over Korea in the um, in the sixteen. Um, it's actually now we can do the maths of what they need to do, um, uh, and you know, now their sort of rivals have to have to do quite a lot to overtake them. So um, assuming, um, you know, Hungary don't improve, uh, so, you know, say they don't finish better than fourth, Poland would need to finish fourth to catch them and Germany would need the bronze medal to catch them. Mm. So you'd have to say Hungary are looking like they're going to be favourites to take that European place. Yeah, and and it's uh, it's hard to think of Hungary going further than fourth, but slightly more possible than uh, the other two uh, results for Poland and Germany. Yeah, I mean, if Hungary go more than fourth, then they've they've basically locked it in. I think uh, if Hungary finish with a bronze medal, then then Poland or Germany need to be in the final. Possibly Germany need to win the final. So um, it's uh, you know they've just been consistently better all season. Um, and now there's there's now a uh, a, a fairly large um, uh, mountain to climb. So that leaves us with the African zonal spot. Uh, Egypt holding it going in. Egypt only finished 18th uh, in Katowice. Can they stay in the top 16? Yeah, yeah, they can. Um, and it's 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 completely different to the other two we've been talking uh, other two. Uh, sports we've been talking about this uh, this evening with with the epi events is that the the that's not I don't want to say the quality drops off but these teams don't enter all the events you know there's just this real the sort of strength in in women's foil teams and that regular you know same quality teams attending all the events tends to drop out at about the top 16 level so it's not imp- you know I'd say they're favorites mm. even though they're not winning 32 matches and they've got teams that could catch them um, and there's a whole bunch of permutations but we kind of need multiple results from Brazil, Taiwan, Singapore, Romania but these are teams that haven't attended all the events this season. Yeah. Um, even Egypt didn't um, didn't go to one event this year mm. So, and they're still 15th on the um, FIE rankings and 15th on my adjusted rankings. Um, it's... Uh, Yep, this is just uh, this is the state of women's foil. It's just not um, not particularly well attended in the teams. So it's not like they're going in by default, but um, 
it's, it hasn't been a battle for them. Well, and, and on that point of teams not uh, attending all the events, um, you've got to think that it's more likely that Egypt will uh, dig into the coffers to send their team to Kazan, even though Kazan Kazan's a beautiful place. It's a wonderful place. Really like it. World Championships there in recent times. Um, but it's not the easiest place to get to. You have to fly via somewhere most of the time. Yeah. Um, is it likely that some of those uh, those teams that you say chasing Chinese Taipei Brazil Romania etc will say you know what let's let's save our money yeah absolutely and there, there were quite a few missing in Cairo for example um, I th- I'm sure for similar reasons whether that was visa or cost um, and the you know the calendar is condensed you know it's not as spread out as it used to be um, yeah definitely it's a it's not it's not it's not a it's not a risk and it's probably a likelihood and you know these are teams that you know they're just fencing for for pride experience you know they're not mm. they've got no chance of qualification they're not you know it's for them it's just another world cup um yeah. i mean for sure egypt will be there if they don't go then you know then there's a real risk they don't qualify but of course they'll be there um and if they win a if they win a 16 match then they go into the olympic games they lose their 16 match. Uh, sorry, their 32 match. So I'm trying to say, if they win their th- 32 match, get into the 16, then they're going to the Olympic Games. If they lose, but there's no one else really there, or there's not enough really there, because remember, two teams have got to overtake them because mm-hmm. they're in 15th. You know, they could still do it. So they were 15th last time around, and they lost in the 32, and they're still 15th. Could easily happen again. Well, whilst uh, women's foil, team foil is uh, perhaps the most settled of uh, certainly the ones we've discussed in recent times, there's still a lot to play for. Really looking forward to that uh, United States-Japan tussle and uh, hopefully we'll get sight of uh, how the Canadians are are looking on and who they're cheering for. But after Katowice, the team qualification provisional standings look like this. Russia, Italy, USA and France remain as the top four qualifiers. Japan, Canada, Hungary and Egypt hold their zonal spots. So let's move on to the individual event. Uh, going into the uh, competition in Poland, the, the Asian two Asian spots were held by John of Korea and Chen of China. The two European spots held by Ebert of Germany and Diaz of Spain. Uh, Babakri of Tunisia held the African spot and Van Irving Garcia from Colombia had the Pan American spot. Uh, in Katowice itself, uh, well, for another gold medal for Ina Deregletsova of Russia. Uh, Camilla Mancini of Italy picked up the silver from Lee Kiefer of the USA in bronze with Isura Tibu of France also holding that bronze medal. Uh, Dave, uh, let's uh, start with Asia just because that's where I started with my rundown of where we were at. John and Chen holding the spots uh, in uh, going into the competition. Uh, Chen made the 32, John only made the 64. How are things looking now? Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, so John is, is, is a long way ahead. So, um, you know, 14 points ahead of Chen. Um, and then, you know, in terms of the, the next non-Chinese, uh, is another Korean who's 44 points behind. So, John is fine. And then in the race for the, uh, the four, the four Chinese fences chasing, Chasing one spot, uh, Chen, 70 points, five and a half points with Xi, ahead of Xi, um, both in the 32. Um, and then the f- sort of fourth-ranked Chinese fencer, Fu, um, was in the 16 
um, catching up a bit of ground, but a long way back. You'd say Chen is, is you know, let's say in the pole position, but with a couple of GPs to go, um, anything can happen. That's really what we're looking at for for the um, with the foil GPs is is how the um, how the the Chinese women's foilers do because there's four of them and they're all fighting for one place. Yeah, of course. Yeah, interesting. I'm I'm with you that Chen. The 32 uh, is, is probably going to be good enough at the rest of the events, and uh, I think the rest of them have, um, have left it too late. But we shall see. There's still time, and mathematically, it's all still possible. Uh, going into the competition, as I said, Ebert and Diaz held the European spots. Uh, Ebert got a 32, finished 17th in the end, uh, but Diaz didn't make the 64. How's things changed for European individual qualification? Yeah, so, um, I mean, clearly, uh, Leonie Ebert is... is- well, well, and truly comfortable. A um, little bit of pressure on Diaz. Um, uh, Julia Wallach of, uh, of Poland uh, made the sixteen, and also seventeen-year-old uh, Nicole Pustelnik of Israel made the sixteen. So they're starting to put some pressure on. So um, yeah, Wallach is six points back, and uh, Pustelnik is uh, seven and a half points back. So starting to get a bit of pressure, and then you've also got Lisbinska. Um, as well in the mix, so not safe for sure. You know, one one good result at a GP will definitely change that. But you know, favorite, that's for sure. Um, so it's a question of who's going to be joining uh, Leonie Ebert, I think. Okay, so you're ruling out Anne Sauer doing anything at the remaining competitions to overtake Ebert, then? Uh, yes, thirty-two even points, with, even, even with two Grand Prix. Yes. I think <laughs> okay. All right. It's, it's you're so. The, you're the I mean, you're the expert. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's um, it's it's just the problem is, is there's so many Italians and so many. I mean, yeah. there is just one Russian destroying everybody. Um, it's a lot of points. Thirty-two points in three competitions. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's assuming Leone doesn't make it an eight in one of them or or a sixteen in one of them, and that's another eight or 12 points you've got to catch as well. Like it's, um, I don't know. I think it's too much. I think it's too much. It will be interesting certainly to see uh, Julia Volchuk and, and also, that, as you say, the teenager, Pustelnik, who perhaps has absolutely no pressure on her, the Israeli, seeing if they can chase down Diaz. I'm imagining that she is feeling the pressure big time. Um, now, Ines Babakri went into the competition as the leading African individual qualifier, but... Tell me if I'm wrong here. I don't think the Tunisian was in Katowice. Nope. What on earth is she doing? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, don't know. Not a clue. Miles ahead, so not really challenged. Um, but is there has there been any rumour of injury or anything like that? No, not that I've seen. Um, I don't know. Just didn't didn't fancy the trip to snowy Poland, I guess, or. Um, I mean, who knows? Who knows? There may be other things going on, but uh, yeah, not not that. Um, no, the entries were very low. They were very. Um, it was um, yeah, only a hundred and hundred and eighty fences or something. It's um, wasn't uh, for a Central European competition. I would have expected a few more than that. Yeah, we'll have to have a keep, keep an eye on that one. Uh, so uh, Babakri, though, because she's unchallenged, remains as the top African individual qualifier. Uh, Van Irving Garcia of Colombia sat in the Pan-American spot. She made the 64. Um, she's still qualified, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's no there's no real challenges at all. Um, 
I'm going to challenge you. On well, hang on. Okay, no, no, sorry. No, let's <laughs> let's think about this. What were we just discussing? So let's. Okay, okay. No, no. I know. I can. I can. I can read your mind, Vash. I can see the cog. I can see the cogs turning. So yeah, I mean, the worst case uh, for Saskia would be that horrendous event that Japan kicked the USA out of the fall, because then fourteen-year-old Jessica Gao would take an individual spot, which would be. Well, a story that would be which would be amazing i mean i'm sure you know uh i'm sure eleanor and uh, and kelly wouldn't be uh uh wouldn't be best pleased about that but um uh yeah okay yes there is definitely a uh there is there's definitely a sphere that um that she has to go to uh, there's definitely a sphere of uh in a, in a universe somewhere that she has to go to a pan am qualifying event but uh unlikely let's put it that way <laughs> so so we can we can we can you heard it here first either way whatever happens the 14 year old canadian is going to the olympic games uh yeah oh yeah absolutely that's a story there is a story there isn't there god just yeah i, I what is that is that a record that must be I, a record. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if if someone as young as 14 has been in a fencing event. We'd have to check that out. But anyway, congratulations to Paul App Simon and team uh, and mum and dad who uh, travel around the globe with uh, Jessica. She's had a great season and uh, very deserving a place in Tokyo in the lineup for Tokyo 2020. And uh, I've got a I've got a, uh, a fact as well. Her sister is on the. Um... Uh, is is a uh, older sister is on the uh, EPE team. There you go, Shirley Gao. And uh, I didn't join the dots until uh, one of the Canadians was nice enough to to say that their surname wasn't just a coincidence. So, well, there you go. So there's a lovely story uh, that's come out of our discussion on women's foil. Summary of where things stand: then uh, the Asian spots remain with Jion and Chen. The European spots remain with Aber, who we think is probably uh, going to go for almost certainly Diath uh, holding the spot, but uh, certainly looking over her shoulder at the moment. But Bakri holds the African spot, and Van Irvin Garcia currently holds the Pan American spot. But there, there's another person from the Americas who will be cheering on the USA team in the team event at the uh, next World Cup. Uh, so talking about the next World Cup, Dave, um, what is coming up next for the women's foilists? So we're going to have the second Grand Prix of the qualification season, first of the new year, uh, and they're going to Torino, or, or Turin as we call it, um, in northern Italy for, uh, for a men's and women's foil GP. So just the individual there at the Grand Prix and uh, then Kazan World Cup, as we've mentioned. And the last event will be the Anaheim Grand Prix on the west coast of the United States of America. Look, that's uh, women's foil summed up after the Katowice World Cup. Thank you very much for joining us. We've got a bunch of other podcasts to do, so I do try and pick those up. We'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.